Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Music Teacher Podcast, a place to learn more about the amazing philosophy and work of Dr. John Feyerabend, as well as somewhere to chat about great music teaching in general. Let's start with the segment of the show I call Keeping It Real, because let's be honest, that's something I'm pretty good at. This week, I'm talking about something I saw on our Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Music Teacher Facebook page a few weeks ago that was written in by Rachel Henry. Rachel had heard me talking on one of the previous podcasts about the fact that I have fourth grade boys and girls who are pretty willing to sing in solo and certainly in group. She was talking about the fact that she does a lot of solo and group singing with her students starting in kindergarten, but that when she gets to fourth grade, there's an issue of peer pressure and then suddenly singing is not as cool. Uh, She talked about the fact that she has a transient population uh, and she gets new students who aren't comfortable with solo singing and that is influencing the other students. She was asking me what advice I might have in dealing with this type of situation. Well, Rachel, I can tell you for sure, I have the same thing. Lots of transient students. For example, we just had three kids leave the school and I think three come in in the past maybe two days, which is routine. Uh, My approach is simple, though not necessarily easy. You have to insist that every single thing that happens in your classroom serves one purpose, helping students become more musical. So this means a lot of things, and not just the kind of obviously musical things like singing beautifully or moving accurately to the bead and to meter. It includes consideration and respect for you as a teacher, other student performers, as well as only doing and saying things that will forward the goal of being musical. So what I find personally that helps most is, as you have done, ensuring that from kindergarten, making music is a natural, normal thing, whether they're doing it in solo or as a group, and that they remember the phrase that's on my wall that says, the music room is a safe place to take a risk and make a mistake. So when any kid, and it's normally the new kids, breaches this, I'll take a moment to remind the whole group immediately that our job in this room is to make music and to support other music makers as a kind of general cue to the kids who have been there, Uh, to remember that and not get derailed. And after class, I'll speak to that new student and be very clear uh, and kind about my expectations. Uh, So hopefully this will help. I I think, as I said, it's simple, but it's just important that we are reinforcing these things um, all the time in our classrooms. So thank you, Rachel, for your question. Now, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest on the podcast. Lily Feyerabend is known for her work with young children and for instilling a love of music within them. She has been an early childhood and general music educator for over 30 years and a conductor for the Connecticut Children's Chorus for 17. Two times she has been honored with her district's Teacher of the Year Award, and in 2008 she also received the Outstanding Elementary Music Educator Award from the Connecticut Music Educators Association. I will add that that is well-deserved because she is certainly one of the best music teachers, if not the best, I have ever been privileged to watch. And if you know me, you know I do not say that lightly. 
Lily is a frequent clinician at local, state, and national conferences. She presents on music and movement development wherever she goes. She conducts regional honors choirs and teaches workshops around the country. She's also a contributing author to the new Fire Robin Fundamentals book from GIA Publications. More than this, though, is the fact that Lily, who will shake her head when she hears me saying this because she is exceedingly humble, is a lovely, caring, whip-smart, thoughtful human being. If you've met her or seen her teach, you will know these things within the first five minutes. This represents the first of what I hope are many episodes in which we will have the privilege of learning from her years of experience. So let's just start and listen in on our conversation. I'm so excited to have uh, Lily Fireobin on the podcast. Thank you for being willing to uh, record this and share the things that you've done in your classroom that have been really successful. My pleasure. And today, the idea that I wanted uh, to start our little mini series on building uh, bridges, bridges to the community. Bridges to the community, yeah. Is, nice intro. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, is Ask Me Sheets. So we're going to be Good. talking about that in a minute. But before we do that, just because this is the first podcast that we're recording together, if you could just tell us a little bit about your journey as an educator how you started, why you started, and where you are now. My mother did sing in choirs, in church choirs, Mm -hmm. and I sang in church choirs. And I do remember my mother um, was a very sought-after relative to sing at weddings. Oh, really? And I would go and sit with her, and she was very meticulous and very musical, and she took a great deal of pride in that. She loved singing. Um, especially singing in church. That was extreme. Her religion was very, her faith was very important to her. Um, And so I sang in the church choir. Great. Um, Then when I was 10, I swear to you, I never asked. I had no idea. My mother was in another part of the house, and there was a knock at the door, and there were men delivering a piano to the house. I do, I can, I, we didn't have a conversation about this. What I think it was is that my mother always wanted to play right, and never had the opportunity to do that. And so like a lot of us, we want to offer our children the opportunities mm-hmm. that we didn't have, <laughs> but perceive that they may right. want to do. And so, and I was thrilled to death, just thrilled. And so I took piano lessons. All right. I was 10. And I absolutely loved it. I don't know if I was good. I don't know if I was bad, but I had a good time. I loved it and played in recitals. And um, then when it came time to go to high school, I wanted to go to Cass Tech. And I have no idea why. I don't know if, if there was a teacher who suggested it. I really can't recall anybody saying that, but I did. And I remember um, the audition. And it was things that they were things that we do now for the incoming freshmen at heart or any university wow. or high school music program. Um, there was a sing back test. There was a rhythm test. There was, wow. um, and I re- these I remember. And apparently I got in. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, Missy, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute I was at that school. Uh, my freshman concert was Beethoven's Ninth wow. with their orchestra, and I was in the B choir at that time. I hadn't quite made it to Madrigals <laughs> or the A choir. But I, I'm surrounded, we're on stage, and I had never I'm surrounded, there's the timpani there, and, the, and I thought, this, this, this is fabulous. Right. I don't know what this is, but this is what, I want to be with this sound around me right. forever. And then um, college came, and I went to Wayne State, and music ed was the logical place to go. I was not a performer. I didn't want to be a performer, but I thought this was a lot of fun. Hmm. And so then I went to Wayne State. Ta-da! <laughs> 
graduated from Wayne State. Um, you met some guy there. I met some person there in freshman theory. Mm-hmm. Um, a little crazy, <laughs> yes. a crazy person. <laughs> um, but I thoroughly loved that too. And then got a teaching job in um, small community. John got a teaching job in a small community in Michigan as well. And we were there for two years before he went on for his master's at Silver Lake. Um, what did you do, do during those years? Were you teaching there? I was teaching. We both okay. taught in Michigan. We were only in Silver. Uh, we were only at Silver Lake. He was uh, for a year. Okay, I knew and, it was short. Yeah, and I subbed. Oh, okay. I subbed there, and then it took me twenty years between our moving and three children to get my master's. Wow! Don't do that. Uh, yes. I tell every young woman, <laughs> don't do that. Good for you. Get that it's master's. Rough. Do it up. It's tough. It yeah. really is tough. But I um, got my master's, and so, but I loved being in a position to share with people and again be surrounded by the 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 beauty of being immersed right and that the kind music of sound making. yeah the music making which i could not do by myself right i needed all these people around me and then hey throw in the tubas and throw in the timpani and right. throw in the, the more the merrier i'm a happy person yeah <laughs> not so much the solo performing no <laughs> uh no although um two two dreams of mine i know this is so off course here not but at all i always wanted to be a race car driver me I too. Lo- get out of here. I did. I wanted to be a race car driver rather than a truck driver. No. It was about, it it was was about, about driving. And yeah. I love like, oh, turning wow. those curves and going, okay, now we hit the pedal. Let's wow. go. Did I learn something new today? <laughs> I love that. But the other thing I wanted to do, coming from Detroit too, is I wanted to be one of the backup singers. I never like wanted to be Diana Ross. I surely Me wanted to be too. one of the That's so... <gasps> that was my to big... this day. In air band, when we would do air band with, in teenage years. I'm going to give you a high five. I love you, it. I yeah, just, I was in the back. I feel Because you got it. to dance. And you got the harmony. Yes. And you got the harmonies. I just, I wanted to fit in like Simon and Garf. I wanted yes. it just... The, that well, it makes layering. sense because you, you were, you really loved being surrounded. So not only are as a backup singer are you surrounded you're part of the mesh <laughs> of making it yeah but yeah. you're not the focus you're yes. not the complete no. focus and i didn't need to be that i never wanted to be that okay now um, we're gonna have to do like a, a special episode where you and i get I to be would, backup singers I would, any day any and in day. a way aren't we backup singers so john love it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway oh that's so cool i yeah i did even so much so uh, my first job in connecticut was at a beautiful rural little school called cherry brook I had so much fun there. That's where these programs were really developed because it was my first teaching job in Connecticut. Yeah. I had taken some years off with the children and when right. John was going to, um, uh, when he first got his teaching job at Hart, so we were very fortunate. I was able to stay home with the kids for a while. Um, but then, so this was my job and it was fabulous. It was wonderful. How long were you at Cherry Brook for? 11 years. Okay, and that's a significant a, amount of it time. Is. It is. Uh, what it's a, a great good time to develop programs yeah. and so pass them on. We're, we're focusing on the Ask Me sheet today, but let's start with okay. how you kind of came to this idea of going beyond okay. classroom. I can maybe do this do wanna... a little bit backwards. Yeah, no, do it backwards. Um, I started teaching there in 1990. Okay. All righty. In 1997, um, let's see, I had been teaching there now for seven years. And John was then the president of the Organization of American Code Educators, Oak. And as such, he had to write a quarterly newsletter in the, for, from the president for the Code Envoy. And so we had our, our, the routine was in the summer, he would go to Silver Lake for three weeks, and I would go to Michigan and hang out with the boys and see family and everything. Right. It was just wonderful. And then we would take the ferry across from Michigan to Wisconsin, join John for two weeks of a 
normal life and we right. you know he would still teach but we would pick papa up at three o'clock and and the boys had a great time we did this for about 13 years oh how cool so in, in 1997 this is before cell phones and this is when you had to pay what? for long distance <laughs> charges john called me up and said um i'm writing i want to write my president's message and i want to talk about some of the th- programs that what's you know the programs that you do at cherry brook and i think what programs <laughs> And he said, you know, like the things that you do, um, like your ask me sheets. I mean, oh, okay. So right. I started to tell him about the ask me sheets. Okay, we can we can go now because this is expensive. Wait, wait. What about you do a family folk dance? Tell me about right. that. So it, this is long distance, and he's writing. So um, we <laughs> talked, and then we were done, and put the phone down, and then I went to rescue the children who I'm watching through the, <laughs> who are the going window, like banshees. who are going crazy <laughs> outside. Um, and then he came out with this wonderful article, which you can download on uh, the GIA website. Oh. And I read it, and I went, wow. Look at these programs. And I never <laughs> thought of the anything as a program. Like, sure. this is Lily's program, or this is right. the music program. It just evolved. Right. Uh, one thing happened, and then another thing happened, and then an opportunity you know, presented itself. And then a colleague would say something and say, oh, I want to try that. Right. Another colleague would say, you know, so-and-so or this grade level is having a problem. What if we did, it's problem solving at its finest mm. because it's in the company of other people who felt the same way. And that's right. what another thing that was so fabulous about, about Cherry Brook. So it kind of grew from there. Okay. And now I, it, it, and so it was wonderful. And that is the article that is still on the downloadable Bridges to the Community, which is available online as well. I include that it's a one page, and it's succinct about everything that was going on. So well, they go to they go yeah. to GIA. They look up your author page. Yes. And there this there is a handout called Bridges to, to the, the Community, community. which is a fantastic handout. It's just a really nice. Handout. Yeah, and it's just got a kind of summary of each one of the twelve bridges to the community. And then the article from that the John article originally wrote. The article includes the, jo- so the cool. article from 1997. I'm Isn't that wonderful? Shocked to say I did not know it's that. It's called Beyond the Music Classroom. It might even be on his page. As well, right. he's got a lot okay. of downloadable. Well, on I hope his people page. look it up, and we should make sure it's on the Fame website as it's, well. If it's I, not it was already, so well done. So here's here's what I want you to do: if you met a teacher who said, "I've heard about these Ask Me sheets. What is it?" Okay, what is it? It's a piece of paper. It's a half a sheet of paper with a song, a rhyme, a dance, a chant, information about an instrument, something the child the class has come to fruition on. And then they have to pass assessment. Don't you do that? They pass assessment. How do you know you can move on? They've all done it independently. Let's say Frog in the Meadow. That's such a great example. Mm -hmm. You're not going to put it away. I want it to have a life of its own. So turn around, have the child become the teacher. Who are they going to teach? Not anybody else in the class because everybody in class knows that they're going to teach somebody they love at home. And that was their homework. So So it is in the first steps workout. It's, you know, generally speaking, it takes a few lessons. Yes, it three, does. Two, three, four Correct. lessons before the kids are independently performing Correct. these activities. Then you take this a piece This is the of, next step. You take a piece of paper. It's got the words on it. It's got the words, words on, it. on it. No music. No music. It does not need does to it have, have my any children are not directions? reading. It does. And then some... some People might say, well, how come there's no mute? You don't need it. The children know the song. Right, right. The words act not for them to read. The impetus is not for children to read. It's a prompt for the parents in case the child forgets a word. Yeah, absolutely. You forget a word, I forget a word. Right. Um, the way it's a piece I have, of paper. Right. With, I would these ha- with that, and then I would have directions. 
Okay. Um, and sometimes if we learn to dance, I put the directions always in there because as I tell the parents and I tell teachers, it only takes two to do a dance and one of them can be a teddy bear. Wow. But I've I got never even thought great, about that. great stories from the Girl Scouts. Well, um, the Girl Scouts, three of whom are in your second grades, um, we had a Girl Scout meeting and we had 10 minutes, 15 minutes before um, the parents came to pick the girls up. And so you had just given the ask me sheet and they went, they taught everybody else in the Girl oh, Scouts. Fantastic. How to do this? It just it how about in my school aftercare? Yes. We have the kids there for hours oh, I know. before how school, can they not? after school. I, I never know. even thought about that. That it's would be a fabulous. Give it to the say. Give go it to teach the, it to the yes. leaders and to your friends, and yeah. a lot of your friends will know it. They can teach it to the younger kids, the older goes, kids, and that's it's the oral tradition also passing it on. But my mm -hmm. impetus was to turn the children who have just passed assessment on it. Into teachers. teachers, take it home. Um, I learned this from a very, very fabulous, brilliant kindergarten educator, and her name was Bev. Um, and I was in, I'm a nosy, I'm in my classrooms all the time. I want to know what are they learning, what's going on, how can I link, but, 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 but. And there was this, it was a full size, and it said, Ask me to show you how I tied my shoes. Oh my I word. Said, Bev, what's this ask me to show you? She goes, Well, I got really tired of tying their tiny kids' shoes. <laughs> and it was my way of gently letting the parents know that their children learn to tie their shoes in my classroom. <laughs> and I said, and I, I swear to you, Missy, it was like I was hit with a bucket of cold water. Yeah. I thought this is brilliant. Now this was way back at Cherry Brook. So this right. had to be 1990, 1991. Um I went, this is brilliant. Can right. I do this? She said, of course you can do it. I got about it. I got it out of a teacher's <laughs> magazine. Yes. Those are the best. And then, you know, those are the things that you know are tried and true. Right. Absolutely. As well. So I started playing with this. And um, the very first Ask Me's I ever did, were, I figured out that half a sheet is a lot easier. Sure. It's less wasteful. Yeah. Plus also if you give it on, it, it is wasteful to put it on yeah. a whole sheet, but then they're going to get, you know, doubled yeah. up and everything. And this would fit in small spaces. Efficient. Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, it's a perfect size because you can throw it in the kitchen drawer. And when the kids are driving you crazy, you go, here, sing this, sing this 20 <laughs> times and dinner will be ready. And I've heard parents say, Lil, we sang you all the way to Cape Cod. Oh, you know, my they word. just kept turning the page and turning the page. Oh, um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself um, because I actually asked parents after a while to put them together in a book. And you would have a book of 40 right. of favorite things that your children have been able to accomplish in K, one, two, three, whatever. But um, they were on white paper, okay. and they were handwritten. Remember, oh, this is ninety-one. Wow. Yeah, I was just learning with like how a to... chisel and a. Oh, thanks <laughs> on a lot. Stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> in the dark ages, back in the... it was the last millennium, though. Right, right, right. See that? Um, nobody complained, and it wasn't every week. Okay. I, you know, you're struggling, you're balancing. You... Oh yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, do it on a consistent basis. If it's once a month, do it once a month. Do it once a month. If it's every other week. Make sure you have something to go home every other week because you're also starting to set up a level of expectation. Right. And if it's every week, bless your heart, do it every week. Right. Um, well, let, may I just ask absolutely. something? So I know that the brilliant people, and I consider you one of the brilliant people, um, <clears throat> you, have, you have this, you know, very you know, round knowledge of this program. But I'm always thinking about the people who right. are brand new. So let's just take a song like Frog in the Meadow. Okay. Would you walk me through from the, the time they're learning it to the time they're teaching it to somebody at home and what you do 
as far as like how the Ask Me sheet fits into that plan. Piece of cake. Um, so they have learned Frog in the Meadow. Who, you know, raise your hand if you're, or better yet, we go around the circle and everybody sings Frog in the Meadow and they can do it with or without the, the weirdo. And you're probably assessing. A absolutely. And there's your assessment. Yeah. So we are done with that. I've all, I introduced something, maybe a lesson or two before, because we always have something that's coming to fruition, something that's developing and something that's being introduced for a lesson three, four weeks down the road. So if, if it's a Thursday or a Friday and they've, they've all done very well and I've got my assessment done you have homework and I'll tell you <laughs> Missy funny. you know this the younger the child the more the eyes light oh up. yeah we have homework <laughs> yes love you have homework your job because you've done this beautifully is now it's like you we have a very wand and you go boing 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 right you are teacher I'm a teacher you can teach you I, your job this weekend is to teach somebody you love at home and I always follow through for the first couple of times. So I always take the time. If it's of paramount importance, I'll say, who can you teach this to? Oh, that's a great question. My mom, to ask. my dad. It takes time, yep. but you're setting up the routine for this. Mm. So forever and ever in a day, after three, four, five of these, I don't do this every day, but I will do it intermittently. Sure. And they'll come in and I might say, who did you teach? Anyway, we're getting, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, you know, and I give, give them the time to say, my mom, my dad, my auntie, my grandparents, my dog. Yes, yeah. I don't oh, go, absolutely. oh, no, 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 no. Yes, we just pass right, just because yep. it's an offering they've offered. My baby sister, my da-da-da. I'm going to go visit someone, da, da 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 Yes, make sure you do, because I'm going to ask you when right. I see you on Tuesday morning <laughs> or Monday me. afternoon. Absolutely. If I'm asking them to do something and, and I don't revel in the fact that they've done it, that's that's no joy. Sure. The joy is coming back. So it's it's in my lesson plan. When I see them again the next time, who did you, you know, and my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my neighbor, true story, my favorite story, the pizza delivery man. And I pictured this poor man standing there and mom, you know, she verified the story. She said, oh my God, it was the funniest thing you said. They had to teach it to somebody they love. And the, we had pizza And who doesn't Friday love night, the pizza delivery guy? And he stood there. She said, I gave him a few extra bucks while he, it was Mother Gooniebird. Mother Gooniebird. Oh Bird. my Oh my God. And I've also heard, Lil, we were in the grocery aisle at the IGA Saturday and so-and-so met so-and-so and we did Mother Gooniebird in the middle of the produce section. Just want you to know. But how wonderful to put that kind of information Absolutely. in parents' hands anyway and turn children into the reason that people are enjoying this. Anyway, so... So fit, you've assessed them, you've asked them, you've right. told them. Uh, and uh, since I know it's coming to fruition, you know when that's happening, I would take out, and this is old Lily back in 1991, and I would write out, um, ask me to sing... Um, uh, my song about a frog or ask me to sing my silly song or ask oh, me to sing Oh, do you not you put the... It always says ask me. It, but I mean, does it ever say frog in the meadow? Wait, hold on. Oh so boy. At, because the parent, I don't, they don't even want them to read through the whole thing. It says, ask me to sing my, oh, that's the catalyst right there. So that changes every week. Or ask me to show you my new dance. Ask me oh, to show you how I played the auto harp. Ask, so something to grab it. And there's frog in the meadow. There's all the words. Right. And I do mine in regular font. And then in italics, if there are motions. Um, okay, so there, if those there are, are the directions. The directions. And at the bottom is, did we if we played an instrument, if there's anything else I want them to know. When I started learning about multiple intelligence, I started to say, um, 
uh, not frog in the meadow, but love somebody. Yes, I do love somebody, but I won't tell who. Ask your children, a child, for a word to rhyme hmm. with this because that's what we did in class. Nothing right. on the Ask Me sheet is ever new. It's right. not a test. All stuff they've done. So if we're singing, love somebody, yes, I do love somebody, um, Love somebody, but I won't tell who. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody who's, love somebody who was wearing a shoe. Love ah. somebody who's. So I changed those words because we're not going to constantly sing. Love somebody, yes I do. So I love that because they're singing solo, but they are coming up with rhymes as well. That's, That's a little bit harder to ask them for new words than it is to just sing. But I love picking their brains to do this. So we've already. So I I will include stuff like that in the at the bottom. So this goes home. It is my job. Again, this is my job to copy one for every child and put it in the teacher's mailbox. Okay. And my job is to, this is self-imposed, but this is my job right. to do this on Wednesday, not to wait till Thursday because a lot of teachers put their home packets together right. on Thursday. Um, and I'm telling you, this is my job and I'm very serious about this because back in the dark ages, I would put them into the teacher's box thinking, well, they have paras, the paras will run them off. Duh, no, they have a lot to do, right. everybody's fried. If I want this to get in their backpack, I am happy to do this. So you're running so them off. So that I run them off. And cut them. And cut them and paper, cl and you know what? Honest, you know, Missy. Yeah, you get used When to you it. get down to a routine, it's like five minutes, and I get all the clap because I, I know what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. But you you go, you know, you, you figure this out as you go on, and you make right. mistakes. And I would put them in every teacher's mailbox, and they would be in the packets, and they would go home. On um, So the children knew about them. On our open house in September, I would hold up my Ask Me sheets. And now, as you can see, ta-da, <laughs> as our viewing audience She's at home showing cannot, me. <laughs> but they're half a sheet, and they're all now in colors because Ooh, that happened that. like four or five years after that. Right. Because I was busy making the other grades. And we'll talk about that in a minute. They are in O-rings. So during our September open house, I would lead the parents, of course, in an activity. And I would talk about part of the things that we were doing and the thing, kinds of things that their children would um, be experiencing in the music classroom. And I would always tell them, and ask me, she just coming home uh, every other Friday or once a month, however you want to do it. Please be on the lookout for them. Please save them. At the end, you know, you've got to tell like, parents. Don't throw them away. Put them in O rings. Save them, and you'll know I have a distinctive border around. So right. when you see it, it's like, oh, this is the music. Oh, yeah, which is nice. I'm supposed to pay attention it's to this. Recognizable yeah, yeah, yeah. right away. And I said, you'll have things. For, this is think that their children have passed muster on, and they are turn. I'm going to teach you. They're very excited to teach you what they know. Excellent. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell people. I'm just looking at one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you. I don't have, know what that is. I lost the cover because I <laughs> I take it with me everywhere. Well, I go. it is um, a half sheet of paper with a music border all the way around. It says "Ask Me" Which in big letters, it? and it says about my silly clapping oh, game. Oh, okay. And down the left side, yes. so half of inside, it has Miss Mary Mac cool. and all the words, and on the right, in italics, it says "Perform this clapping sequence." for each line and then it shows for example miss cross arms in front tap opposite shoulders so this is exactly what the parents Correct. are seeing Correct. at home which is fantastic um and please tell everybody what color is the sheet this is a blue sheet and um it will go back to what i was going to say before uh for for maybe a year two years i did um everything 
on white paper, and it was handwritten. And then you start having a library of these, don't you? Right. So like the third year, I'd go, oh my gosh, I already have, let's say, Miss Mary Mack or Frog in the Meadow. Let me go pull Let it out. Let me neaten it up. <laughs> so I would neaten it up. I would I would input it on the computer, and then it got a but it was still on white paper. And like two years after that, I'm going, are you an idiot? Make it something that's pretty right. for their collection at right. the end. And that's when I started transferring it. Did to, you color coordinate them at all? Like, <laughs> oh my God, no. Because no, no, no. My, in my brain, it's like blue the could be activities. No, no, I mean, no. oh gosh, that would be too. No, I mean like blue could be dances. No, like, no oh, but there's a really good idea yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're a little more a little OCD, OCD than I am. Chris I'm Powers, really not I'm that OCD. <laughs> Rachel Grimsby's talking to you. John Fire we're talking to you. <laughs> but um, that could be good if you're if you're like looking through and you want dances really versus idea. songs versus yeah. whatever. Never dawned on me. I <laughs> see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did I say? Yep. Brilliant material and brilliant hands. And in Missy's hands. Also. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's great. Okay, Absolutely. so you have the paper. You say to the kids the first day. This is going yeah. home. Can I just ask a quick question? In my school, we have, the, this is a wonderful thing the PTO does. They stuff the Tuesday folders for right. the whole school. That's um, oh, that lovely. And they do it for the teachers. It ha And that's, you know, helps them because it's got all the major announcements of the school. Yeah. I guess every day kids are bringing home a folder. But as we know, kids oh, might absolutely. not always call your attention to what, but the parents know yeah. on Tuesday afternoon, this folder's coming I, home. I like that idea. Yeah. You're setting up the expectation and you're setting up the routine. Even the craziest, busiest life, you know, okay, it's coming Tuesday, it's coming Tuesday. Hmm. I think that's, so that's really okay. smart for school systems That's to what do I that. was gonna ask you. Do you think it's like, let's say I had the kids on Thursday and they're not gonna get it till Tuesday, is that okay? Oh my God, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or am I like, I gotta get it to you? No, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, so go ahead, I interrupted yeah. you. So now the kid has, you know, you're giving the kid the paper, or the kid is going to get the paper. Yes, I don't give Sorry. them to the children in the class. They're in they're in their backpacks okay. or in their mailboxes or in their homework packets. You're giving so you're giving a stack of papers to the teachers, correct? That you've already duplicated, and because there are other notices that have to go home, so it's it's and the paras are so they're just they don't have to run anything off. They're just putting this in everybody's box right. and this in everybody. And the older kids remember they're responsible for doing that, right. so you really not even have to rely on okay another so adult. You're doing most if not all of the work so it's not but more I, on the but classroom that's my teachers. job but that's yep. they're free up no they're i fried. agree they're fried no, i agree that's my job happy to do it uh one thing i want to make very very clear for the teacher is and it was one of your questions and a good question um do it with one grade level yes when you're forget starting. about k4 forget about oh, yeah. pre-k2 right pick the youngest grade except for pre-k and we can talk about them in a minute um, mine was K, and you you fudge and you fuss and you fit with the finagle and you fit 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 and you streamline. Till you get it the way you want. You get it the you know you tweak it, and then that doesn't mean it's not going to be tweaked later. But why would I have K through four, K through eight, pre K to two? Right. And I'm just trying. Uh uh uh. Focus on K. Right. So then when K moves into, let's say you do it every other week which I think is a great way to begin. Absolutely. To even handwrite, nobody's gonna scream at you. There was right. no blood, nobody yelled, you know. <laughs> White paper handwriting, yeah, yeah. everyone who survived. What kind of teacher is this? <laughs> Get her out. Um, and so then the next year you've got, maybe the next year I did kindergarten 
once a week. Right. You know, because I already had half of them done. Right. So now you're just doing the same so thing you did last year. So now i that, and that's why it took me like three right. years to get them transferred. Yep. So then when Kay, I'm comfortable with Kay, my Kay's moved into first. So, oh, they finished this. Let me now do this. Mm. So that became the first grade one. I pulled the K out of my library right. and copied that, but I created a new one for one. And I handled that. And then this, they went to second, the second went into third. And mm. it just, and that's when I started transferring them trans, um, to the computer. And that's when I started putting them in color. That's what I'm saying. You tweak something and it starts taking right. on a life of its Absolutely. own. I've got about a thousand. My student teachers have hundreds. Wow. And because that was, they had to have one every single week, right? From day one, and they were with me eight weeks. That's like your yep, portfolio. Get your little badati moving. <laughs> and this is this is of such. And I can't tell you, my they've gone on and they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They put them. On I know line, they make it they so share fancy. Share them, right? And mine, you can say, you know, they're just very plain, very, you know, they're cute and they do the trick. They, but they gets it home. And, and then um, once that gets home, there's no. Um, you're not asking. There's nothing coming back to no. you formally no um, just anecdotal comments that right people make. here and there and while we're talking about that some people have also said well how do you know the parents do them right and i'm going well I don't. they're telling you and probably. i yeah but i that's not my job yeah my job is to get it out there and they said well what percentage i've had people ask me this what percentage of parents do this i don't know and i don't right. care right let me ask you if 50 percent of the parents did it Right. Is that good or bad? Would you? Is it worth can, it? Is that good? Right. If you know, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. If ten percent of 10 them, ten percent of them did it. Yeah. The trick is you be consistent because they may not, may not, may not, may not. Along about November, they'll go. What's this? Right. And then you've got them because you and I both know there are children who do not empty their backpacks. There yep. are parents who do not empty their backpacks. <laughs> there are food that stay in backpacks. Yeah. There's food that stays for two, three, four. There's soiled clothing, we're all teachers, we can right, talk, right. that stays in backpacks. So I'm going to require, you know, but um, I know teachers that do. I know that there are things called, um, uh, one great kindergarten teacher with sparkle notes. I think I wrote oh, yes, about that too. Talking. But that was not about this. This was about, um, ask me to read to you right and what's really interesting is this mm. is a person this kindergarten teacher didn't know the kindergarten teacher I got this idea from but this kindergarten teacher and this was like 20 years later in a new school ran with it and said ask me to read to you and then it she all had it on one sheet of paper right and then the, the parents they read you know what they read and you know and they would and she would put them all over and call oh them that's the wonderful notes. yeah so, I mean I think isn't that you can lovely you could take these ideas brilliant material and brilliant hands yeah. no I think it's great and I think um, if since we know the research tells us the power of primary caregivers and um, mm. interacting musically with them for me that's a big thing you know how can I get something happening at home yes. because even the smallest thing can have this ripple effect so the way you did it uh extremely efficient and worked for you and now we know you kind of referenced this before there are people who have taken this idea and done different things with it uh 
Do you want to talk about some of those things that you know about, that you've heard people have done? Got it. Okay. Take your time. Well, it started out with songs and rhymes that we've talked about before that they've come to assessment on and that they the class has passed. As part of First Steps in Music. As First Steps in Music. Oh, absolutely. And look at the wealth we have to choose from. Yeah, it's but hard to pick. this is why my Ask Me Sheet started to grow. Um, and then if I was doing a book with the kids, I would share that with them. I would send that information home and parents would say, oh, we have that book or we saw that in Walmart or I'm going to order that on Amazon. Amazon. Mm -hmm. So you are extending what's going on at home. You are educating their parents. Or if there were listening lessons because I was taking them to the Hartford Symphony Orchestra, Mm -hmm. I'm going to send that information home. So we started veering a little bit in just a little bit. This is, it's just a little bit from what the children were able to share with their parents. But it was still information that's going home Um, because we all know we have a day and a half with our children. Yep. All totaled in general music. Yeah. And, and that's not including Monday holidays, mm-hmm. days snow that we days. have vacation, snow days. days. we're sick. We are sick. Day, those there are few days. <laughs> the days that they're not in school, the days that you have, um, they have a field trip and the teacher didn't tell you. Early closing, delayed openings. You know, so there, there we don't have a lot of time. There with are students. those weeks where nothing is really quite to fruition, yeah, and that's okay. There are those weeks, and we all have that, where you have seen three, uh, two thirds of your kids on a consistent basis, and one third of your kids because of scheduling right. almost zilch. What do you, do, you know? So those are the weeks that I send home. Are we listening? Do we have listening lessons going on? Do we have uh, what are books that I'm sharing with the kids that are not necessarily child driven, but that are very much a part of what your child is learning in music class. So look for those opportunities. Um, If we're playing an instrument, uh, any song that has an instrument, any chant, like Frog in the Meadow, I would explain the the weirdo and put a picture of the weirdo there right, as right. well. Um, your child play the weirdo. You can pretend on your fingers. They can pretend on pencils, hmm. giving them ideas. Um, and that's all on the Ask Me that's sheet. All, everything is on the Ask Me sheet on this beautiful half page. Um, if we've been, like, if, if there's a thematic unit that we're following because second grade or third grade is working on colonial America, and so naturally we've been doing dances and songs from right. that era, Show the connection between what's going on in the music classroom, what your child is learning, connecting it to the theme. They need to see that we are supporting this theme while we are developing their musicianship in such an appropriate way. If we're studying a composer, let's say in preparation for the Hartford Symphony, have another Ask Me sheet. I can combine these however I want. I can combine the listening lessons and the composer. But if you need just one more to send home because that week there was not a lot going on. Hmm. Um, any dances, and as I said before, it only takes two to do a dance and one of them can be a teddy bear. That's great. So I always send dances home. That How much space you know, do you need to play um, Paw Paw Patch? Right. You know, and this is, the Girl Scouts are doing this and I've, I've done enough of this and I've heard enough from parents that they've done this. Yeah, it they seems have. very successful. You know, we had an extra couple of minutes, Lil, so somebody said, oh, why don't we do Miss Mary Mac? And this is what you want. Take it home. Use it the way you need to use it. But I've given you the tools. How you use it is is Uh, a blessing. Concerts is another thing. I was very fortunate for my second school in Connecticut to be on the campus of the University of Hartford. They have over 400 concerts a year. Mm -hmm. Most of them are free. Right. So I would send listening tips home to the parent. Like, uh, you know, sit in the back. Ten minutes is an investment. Don't make your child sit there for half an hour. Right. Whoops, I hit that. That's okay. 10 minutes, and 
then the next time it will be 15. The next time it will be 20. It's an investment. But and parents would come back and say, they sat for half an hour. Well, if you take them, you've got a guitar, you've got a kid who's playing guitar, wants to play guitar. The freshman, there's a guitar recital in November. Take them, sit in the back, have something quiet, be prepared to leave. But they're riveted. This is something they wanted Mm, to do. Or the jazz concert. They had, oh my God, the most phenomenal jazz group. And they're free concerts. Right. Go to them. Maybe on a Friday, on a Saturday night, they would be 20 bucks. But on a Friday, it's go, go to rehearsals. Go, da, 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 da. So, and people would say, but Lil, they can go online because the concert schedule is online. My job (laughs) is to put as much information in my parents' hands as possible. So, once a month, Sometimes in addition to the Ask Me, there would be a second one where I would put all the ones that I thought were appropriate. And uh, several, often there would be some free, uh, some that would be $20. I've got parents who can do that. Sure, of course. Let them know that was that was going on too. And then they might get into the habit of going online. I say more information, double check, found can at, be right. found at www, or you can call the box office. Right. But get that information home. Catalogs, you're going to buy your grandson something anyway. <laughs> <laughs> buy it from me. I didn't inundate them. I would send my favorite three. And, I, you know, grandma bought them a lap harp. It was $39. Oh, or kazoos or recorders. Well, you they, could go on. From- it was fabulous. Or they would find other things there. You play. They do Peter and the Wolf. Uh, I don't even forget now, second grade, and they loved it so much. We, we, you know, paging through the catalog, they had the wolf and the this and the and finger puppets. We bought that. Oh my God. Right. And that's, I think what you're Fabulous. saying about the idea that, because I know as a parent, I have the same thing. I mm-hmm. One of my children plays the harp, Good as you know. And, um, <laughs> and Close to my heart. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, I lost it when I heard that and saw that. Um, oh. But something happened on Instagram. I saw that the Philadelphia Orchestra was doing what they call a play-in, which is any kid can come. It could be 60 harps with oh the harpists from the orchestra and they play, but I missed it. And it's not their fault that I missed it, but I just didn't know. Right. I had no idea. And I, I said right. to my daughter, did your teacher say anything to you about this? I feel so bad yeah. because yeah. I would have taken you there in a second Heartbeat. had I known. And so that's what I think when I'm encouraging, um, we have these programs from the Philadelphia Orchestra. So I give... It, but I never thought to do it as an ask me sheet. Just it's just this thing that you so know they're going to look at, yeah. right? So yeah. it's not even on my website because I don't know if they're going to my website. Yeah. But here you're putting it here it would be so great because as parents, so we're so inundated you with are. information. But if the teacher can just give you something and say, here are three things happening in the area, right? And they know it's been vetted by somebody. That's what I mean. And as if that wasn't fantastic (laughs) enough from a music educator standpoint, the last um, item I want to share with you about what these can do in terms of music going home is information. Any information, we've just been talking about um, not always having something ready each week right. um, for reasons that we just don't have the children as often as we would like to have them. So when that happens, another thing I like to send home in addition to the dances or the concerts or the catalogs is information about what's going on about our curriculum in the music mm. classroom. So I would say, oh, this is first in a series about our music curriculum. We work on vocal exploration and pitch exploration. And, uh, and that I do have that one, that particular um, 
ask me sheet has line drawings of like oh. pipe cleaners with arrows and saying ask your child to work on these at home you know the vocal cord is a muscle and it needs to be exercised like every other muscle hmm. in the body so you're giving them information about why their children are doing these things in the music right. classroom and how important it is and then maybe two months later i might say second in a series and today we're going to talk about fragment songs and i might take a fragment song that we've been doing like my uh, my aunt came back right and i will put the words there and explain to them even even though my aunt came back is something they may have done and had an ask me sheet by itself just the you know, lyrics right. and the movement but i need something to send home because i want to keep that consistency going and that yeah. expectation going but we're talking about why it's so important that's right. important for parents to know and the same with simple songs so there are always those things we can fit in but it, remember it started for me to turn the student around into, into being a, a teacher, teacher. Yeah. and that's still number one that that's that's the the um the reason that these exist right the primary reason the primary is reason. to get Thank you get the students to, to be, be a teacher, teacher moving for moving the, the learning outside of the, the walls classroom. of the classroom absolutely and a secondary one can be information information and education but every single one of these reasons is just phenomenal it gives your parents great insight into what their child is doing mm -hmm. every single time they come into music yeah. and they'll say to me i had no idea you did this Absolutely. number yeah. of that's things. my this favorite thing to hear oh my gosh yeah. i can't believe move beyond this the, all, all you do done. is you know yeah, play games play the right. guitar and some kumbaya and i go i don't we don't do kumbaya and i don't play the guitar so hey you know what do we do in the classroom um so if if you have this new teacher in front of you that says okay You've convinced me. I want to try it. Let's wrap up by just giving them a little bit of advice at how to start at a level that's not overwhelming, which we've touched on. Pick one grade level. I'd say pick one class, but it, it's you might as well one do it. Grade level. You it's know? the same amount of work, except um, more copying. Do it once every other week to begin with. Once a month to begin with. If you do it once a month, that's only ten. Yeah. They can come to fruition on 10 things. I would ask you if you think you could do it, do it once every other week. It's it's more it, it, the intermittent is not as long. Right. And you know, after 4 weeks ago, oh, what's the oh, uh, oh, I can't remember. Right. But if it's every 2 weeks, it's oh yeah, yeah. Keeps it a little fresher. Right. Um I would do that. Uh handwrite it. No. <laughs> We're beyond those days. Right, it's just right. as easy to do that. Um, please give it to the teachers. Share this with your, your classroom teachers. Um, we will talk in another podcast about the life that your Ask Me Sheet may, will take, take on, on. Um, in, in the regular classroom. But share with them that this is coming in and why it's important and that you'd like it to go home in their homework files. And But please make sure that you run it off for your classroom teachers. It's part and parcel of sending this home. It's also just a nice thing to do. Yeah, and I think the yeah. teachers will they appreciate that. really appreciate that. They do, and they're happy to put it in the mailboxes. I just, I have gotten so much joy out of sending these home and seeing it, how it, the, the children rise to the occasion. They are very proud of what they can do. They're very happy to share with parents. Parents are much more informed. And I think it's very important for parents to be informed. Absolutely. Because a more informed parent is a better advocate for yep. not only their child, but for the music program as, as, as yeah. a whole. It just gives a lot of buy-in yeah. uh, to what you're trying to accomplish in your classroom. Yeah. Well. I appreciate so much my pleasure <laughs> your I willingness love sharing this. to I talk it's about a this great idea it's yeah. just and if you do nothing else 
do this. Yeah, Seriously. That's great. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I look forward to more talking about bridges to the community, which is just an exciting and really crucial thing for us to be doing as music educators. It's important. Yeah. I do believe it's important. So do. I look forward to trying this myself because I don't really do this like this. So I'm going to try it. Why don't you ask me the next time you see me if I've done it? Thank you, Lily, for you being You are very with welcome. Us. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Welcome back, everyone. You know, I hope that you get the chance to listen to this podcast at least two times to take it all in. For me, listening back, I especially love the practical advice that Lily gives of just doing ask me sheets to start that idea of bridging into your community. And in the first year or two, doing the ask me sheets with just one grade level or even just one class, I think that's practical and can fit into our lives. No matter what, you're going to be changing the lives of your students through the use of these Ask Me Sheets, and it's going to reap benefits in ways you may never really know. I am looking forward to future podcasts with Lily, where we're going to talk more about the different ways she helped her own students move the learning beyond the walls of her music classroom. There is a ton to learn from Lily, and I'm thankful that she's willing to sit down and share. Now let's get on to this episode's Ask Me Anything which comes to us from Melinda Metzger from Ontario, Canada, who wrote saying, Missy, if you're ever able to incorporate or speak to the difference between music intelligence and music ability, that would be great. I know that musical intelligence is mostly set by age seven. When I tell people this, they look at me like I have seven heads and say things like, kids can still learn to be musical past age seven. What can I say to them and how do I explain the difference? Having a better understanding of this will also help me focus my teaching and I could not agree more. To me, what I'm about to talk about is maybe the biggest impetus in why I teach, where I teach, what I teach and how I teach. So this is a great and important topic and one that I can see uh, certainly fraught with possible misunderstandings. If I'm hearing you correctly, Melinda, I don't tend to use the terms musical intelligence and ability so much in these types of discussions, but rather aptitude and achievement. For me, the most concise way of saying it is aptitude refers to a person's potential to achieve in music, whereas achievement is what a person has actually accomplished musically. For example, let's say a kindergarten student has taken Edwin Gordon's primary measure of music audiation, a test he constructed to evaluate tonal rhythmic aptitude for students who are between five and eight years of age. Maybe this kindergartner's results show that they have a very high tonal aptitude, for example. But in class, in practicality, when singing in solo, that teacher notices that the child does not yet use their singing voice consistently at this point anyway in their lives. So the teacher would not necessarily hear evidence of that innate high tonal potential. But later, years later, it is very possible that this same student, after being exposed to good music instruction, one would hope, will have blossomed as a musician and is now participating in, say, regional and state choirs or even singing in solo because their aptitude had been realized and they're now quote-unquote, achieving musically. 
and to an equally important point, the one that makes people look at you, Melinda, like you're nuts, which I'm going to guess you are not. Even though musical aptitude stabilizes, in other words, we can't grow a child's potential to achieve in music after age seven, sometimes people interpret this as someone saying children cannot learn after age seven. But of course, this is not even remotely true. When I say we can no longer grow a child's potential to achieve in music once they're older than seven years of age, this in no way means they can't learn anything musically. Quite the contrary. Humans can and do learn music for life. So children eight and older will always learn new things in music class. In other words, they will achieve musically for the rest of their lives at different rates. The most simple and powerful way for me to think about aptitude and achievement is a wonderful analogy I learned from Dr. Feyerabend many years ago, which has always stuck with me, which I tell people ad nauseum, especially in my training classes. And that's his story of molding the clay. So in this analogy, every child is born with a lump of clay. This lump of clay is their musical aptitude. Some kids are going to get a huge lump, others smaller, some right in the middle, but all get the lump. And by the way, that's something really important for all of us to understand. The neuroscientific research tells us that every human is innately musical. So everyone is getting some sized lump, which is their aptitude or their potential to achieve in music when they're born. Until around age seven, that lump of clay is malleable and it's going to be shaped into a vessel, the size of which depends both on the original size of the lump that they got and what's happening musically in the child's environment. At around age seven, that clay has hardened and whatever vessel it had been shaped into is basically finished. In other words, musical aptitude or potential to achieve in music has stabilized. After age seven, things can still be, for example, poured into the pot, uh, into the vessel. In other words, learning will absolutely take place throughout life. That learning is the things you're placing into the vessel. But that learning is necessarily going to be limited by the size of the vessel. So what's important to hear as an educator is before age seven, we can change our students' lives. We can grow the vessel um, that is formed, and that vessel is going to be their ability um, to be musical in the future. So I hope this helps to clarify and assist you, um, both as you talk to others about the work you are doing and as you actually do the work in your classroom. Thank you for the question. Our podcast is generously supported by the Feyerabend Association for Music Education. I really hope you'll consider becoming a member of FAME. Because not only is there a growing body of benefits for members, guess what? I am debuting a new Star Wars Move It-like activity in time for May the 4th. Please, I hope you'll visit firerobinmusic.org for more information because good things are coming down the pike. If you have questions you'd like me to answer on future episodes, if you have ideas for interview topics, or you just have general questions, please email the podcast at tunefulbeatfulartfulpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to find out more about Dr. Feyerabend um, and his programs and resources, or now if you want to find out about Lily Feyerabend as well, please visit www.giamusic.com slash Feyerabend. 
Remember, we are going to put some of the documents that Lily referenced up on our Facebook page and on the Instagram page. So check those out. I would love it if you followed the podcast on that new Instagram account, which is called The Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Teacher. All one humongous word. And of course, on our Facebook page, The Tuneful, Beatful, Artful Music Teacher. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. And I hope it was encouraging, thought-provoking, and really helpful to you. Please tune in for our next episode. And until then, I hope you keep doing everything you can to create a more tuneful, beatful, artful world. 